Still haven't figured everything out. We're working it out. Okay. So uh, yesterday's daf uh, was daf tezvav, and um, we are up to the gufa on the top of the page, um, and that's where we're going to start our review. So review this said the name of Shmuel that there were eighteen um, uh, decrees that were established between Beishama and Beishelel. Um and uh, they were arguing in all 18. The problem with that is, is that the Brysa says that they, they agreed on the 18. So did they disagree or did they agree? So the Gemara explains that what happened was is that they, uh, that day they still argued, but in the morning, then the following day, they, they came to an agreement, and that was when Beis Hillel agreed to Beis Shammai. Um, the next thing we talked about is that when it comes to Hillel and Shammai, there were only three places that they actually argued. So what are those three places? So the question is, one was the Machlokes, what is the shear of Chala? How much Chala do you need? Um, uh, Hila, uh, basically, Shammai's, um, how, much, how much bread do you need in order to separate Chala? So according to Hillel, According to Shammai, it's only a kav is enough to be mechayev. By Hillel, it's two kav. And the Chumas say, actually, it's in between both of them. It's a one and a half kav. It's chayv and chala. And uh, how much is that? Since the measurements changed, so they actually had to put it into the new measurements, and that's why it became four quarter logs um, to, I mean, five quarter logs of flour, that's chayv and chala. Next, we talked about, um, actually, uh, Rabbi Yossi explained that it's not five that it's chayiv, it's five up until five that it's potter. So when it's a little more than five, then it's going to be chayiv. Okay, next one is, um, um, the next one is the, uh, the second machlokis between the two is Hillel said that a hin of drawn water is passes the mikvah. Okay, a hin of drawn water passes the mikvah, which is twelve look. Okay, and um, and the reason why he says hin, which is an unusual measurement in described in Talmudic terms or in Mishnaic terms, is because that's the words that his Rebbe used. Shammai says that it's actually nine kav that passes the mikvah. Okay. Um, which is even, um, which is more than that. Okay. Um, and uh, the Chacham say that actually both are wrong. The, um, they got um, um, a tradition from these two workers, Gardiam are like, uh, Rashi explains that they're actually, it's a lowly umnus. Um, Gardi is like a weaver, I think. And, um, and uh, even though that apparently wasn't high up on the fanciness of uh, the the workers, but they were there, and they, even though they were coming from the gate of the dung gate, which is the lowliest of the gates, didn't matter. They were there at the right time, and they were able to provide a testimony from Shmain of Talion that it's actually less than that amount. It's three log water. If that goes into the mikvah before you hit the 40 saw and it's drawn water, it will ruin the mikvah. And the Chachamim established that opinion as the as the halacha, and the third area where Sham is the machlokas in Hilchas Nida, 
which uh, all women are, are dying in Shaitan. It's the beginning of the Mishnah in uh, Nida, first, first Mishnah Nida, meaning that they are only Tami from the moment that they, they're from the original moment. <clears throat> and Hillel says that it's from Pekida, the Pekida, um, that it's only from the last time you checked, which means some can be much stricter because it's, if you checked, let's say, uh, a week ago, so then from immediately after, you're possibly Tame, and all the things that you touched are assumed to be Tame. As opposed to uh, Shammai, it's only from now on that things will be Tame if you touch it. And uh, the Chacham say that actually it's in and between Halacha, the Paskin, differently than both of them. They say that Halacha doesn't follow either. It's 24 hours. will minimize the last time she checked. <clears throat> And the last time she checked will minimize the 24 hours, meaning if she checked less than 24 hours ago, let's say 20, 10 hours ago, so then then uh, that's the shior. Up until then, we, we are concerned. Um, but it does go back, but that's all it goes back to. Um, next thing is, uh, the Gemara says, is that is that it, that there are only three machloksim? But we know of more between Hillel and Shammai, because we have Hillel said that um, there's a, a machlokes and whether you, there's a smicha on Yom Tov or not. Um, it's machlokes uh, between um, when you bring, when, can you bring Nidarm and Nidavos and do smicha on the Nidarm and Nidavos on Yom Tov. And according to Hillel, you do do smicha. According to Shammai, you do not do smicha. So the Gemara says, that Rafuna is talking about um, a machlokes where they are the argument, the what, where other people argued about the same machlokes, and that machlokes actually goes back to the beginning of the zukos. So that's why um, that that machlokes we don't count because it's not their machlokes. They just continued um, staying on two sides of something that was already disputed earlier. So the Gemara says, but there's another case that's a machlokes between. Hillel and Shammai. It's talking about when somebody harvests for the press and liquid comes out. So um, Shammai says that's Akshar, even though you really don't want the liquid to come out till you bring it to the press. But uh, he says it doesn't make a difference. It's still Machshir the Peros and the subject to Tumor. And uh, Hillel says it's not. So the Gemara says that's also not a good one to put into the into the three because that's he only Hillel only argued in the beginning, in the end, he accepted Shami's um, position, and therefore it wasn't a machlokas that stood, they changed their mind. So that's the deal. So those are the three cases of machlokas between Hillel and Shami. Brings us to the next thing. Um, the, uh, the, the Yosef, but we mentioned earlier that Yosef ben Yosef and Yosef ben Yochanan made Tumah on Eretz Ha'amim and on, Klis, and on glass vessels. So what is the discussion about the Eretz Ha'amim? So we explained that uh, basically um, that the problem is, is that it's not that, that early. It's only 80 years before that they did the Eretz Ha'amim prohibition. And uh, the story goes is that how do we know about the rabbis of the 80 years before the destruction of the temple? And that's because Rav Kahana one uh, said that when Rabbi Yishmober Yossi was sick, so they sent him, can you tell us some memras from, like two or three things from your father that he told you? So he says, 
This is one of the interesting things my father shared with me. 180 years before the destruction of the bias, that's when Rome started in becoming the world power and also the power over the Jewish people, meaning it became sort of like a vassal state for Rome. 80 years before the destruction of the base of Migdash, they made, they made Xerah of Tumah on Eretz Amim and on glass. So, um, and then 40 years before the destruction of the base of Migdash, that's when Sanhedrin decided to exile themselves because they weren't able to carry out death penalties and they moved to various locations. So, and that's relevant to tell you. Not, so first we thought it was relevant to tell you because they weren't able to establish Knossos. That's not true. It's because they weren't able to give death penalties once they were exiled. Okay. Um, now, so the Gemara says, if you're going to tell me that for eight years, for in the last 80 years, the, that's when um, that's when Yosef ben Yoezer and Yosef ben Yochanan were, were the leaders in the last 80 years, that's simply not possible because we know that Hillel was the Nasi and he was the Nasi during the Beis Amikdash. So was Shimon, his son, was Nasi after him. So was Gamliel, his grandson, Nasi after him. Well, yeah. What? Oh, yeah, this is... So I, that's why I said you have to switch to this link. Okay? Please tell him... To, uh, whatever, I, I, I couldn't get in that link. Whatever, I couldn't work from both links. Yeah, okay, I'm in the middle of the review. We just learned it last night. Hopefully, we'll, you start up from here. I'm sorry about that. I realized that uh, I didn't see you coming on. Okay. Okay. Okay, just uh, put your phone on mute. Okay. All right. Anyway. And um, um, the next one is... Oh, so that's the question about this. Uh, and, and so if you think about it, Hillel, his son Shimon was the Nazi after him. Gamliel, his grandson, and Shimon, his great-grandson, their, their leadership was all during the time of the base of Migdash. Rabbi Shem Gamliel was actually one of the Asar Haruke Malchus. His father was Rabbi Gamliel Hazakin. His father was Rabbi Shimon, the son of Hillel. And they were all Nasi. So that's already spanning 80 years. Easy. Okay? And uh, it, was 100, it was basically 100 years that they were still in activity. So the last 100 years was Hillel and his children during the time of the base of Migdash. So it's so uh, so they were the ones in charge during the eighty years, and you're saying it came from Yosef ben Yosef and Yosef ben Yochran, which is clearly a lot earlier than that. So that's the story. So the Gemara explains that what's going on is that uh, when Yosef ben Yosef they made it a, a limited gzera on the land of Eretz outside of Eretz Yisrael, just the land, and that anything that was on the land needs to be burnt if it's truma touches the land of Chutz Laaretz. It got to be destroyed because it's tummy. And on the air, they didn't establish anything and came around the rabbis of 80 years and they said that even the air space is tummy. But not tummy that you have to burn it, but tummy minasafik. 
Problem with that is, is that uh, that implies that the Xera initially was for Sreifa, but we saw earlier that Ilfa says that when it comes to the Tuma of Nitila Sedayim, that you have to do Nitila Sedayim, that initially they said if your hands that weren't washed touched the something, uh, you know, Truma, then it would have to be burnt. But that's the only one that started off that way with such a high level, not other types of Tuma. So the Gemara says, you're right. Yosef ben Yosef and Yosef ben Yochanan, they established the Tumah on, on Chutz Laaretz, that and the land of the nations, that it's um, Suffolk, meaning if Truma touches the land, or any of the land from outside of Eretz Yisrael, we uh, basically would say that, uh, that, that, that the Truma is, cannot be eaten because it is, might be Tameh, but you can't burn it because it might not be Tameh. And the airspace, they didn't make any decree. Came along the rabbis of 80 years, that's Hillel and his children, and they established that the land is not only, you know, not only should it be Suffolk Tame, but it's considered Vade Tame, that you'd even be able to burn the Truma. And on the airspace, it's a Suffolk. And then in Usha, so the Gemara says, wait a second, but I thought that came about in Usha, which was after they were in exile. So, because we said that there are six fakos that they burned Truma for, one of them, meaning, and which is later, okay, um, there's Suffolk Besa Pras, that's one, um, meaning a Besa Pras where they found a, somebody buried in a field, so the whole field is cordoned off as possibly a, a place of a cemetery, and a, a dirt that comes from outside of it, from the land of the nations, and even though that's a doubt, we burn, and a Suffolk big day Amaretz, the clothes of Amaretz, and the clothes of Kalim that are found, that you don't know who owned this, and Truma touches it, and Suffolk Behema, uh, Suffolk spit, you don't know whose spit it is that it touched, and also urine from a human that was next to urine from an animal. We said that if they definitely came, to, came in contact, so then even though it's a Suffolk Toma, because you don't know those things are tummy, we're just not sure, but you still have to burn the truma. That's halacha. So, and uh, Rabbi Yossi modifies that Nusha is even more strict than that, that even if they're not sure if it touched, in Rishus HaYachid, we do Sveik, we do L'Chumra, and we're Machmir, and Chum say in Rishus HaYachid, it's a Suffolk, Rishus Rabim it's Tohor, and Ula says that these six Sveikos were established in Usha. So it has to be later. So obviously what Beishamai, what Shammai, I mean what Hillel must have done was somewhat different than this final ruling. So basically the Gemara explains that, um, that uh, the rabbis of 80 years, what happened was is that the first rabbis, Yosef ben Yoezer, they established that the land is Suffolk Tame, the airspace nothing. The rabbis of 80 years, which was Hillel and his children, was uh, they they said um, that both land and airspace is Suffolk Tame. And in Usha they said not only is it uh, that the land itself is not Suffolk, is definitely going to be burnt, that's the land, but the airspace they left it as a Suffolk, and that's the uh, final opinion. And I think because the recording got messed up yesterday, we're going to start from here, from the two dots, for the next daf. So let me just... Uh,